Hey, everybody, it's that time again. That's right. It's uh, time for uh, Believe Sports Business, Sports Media. Also heard on pod clips around the world. And uh, I'm Fred. You can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. Art Source back in Pennsylvania, where he runs Galaxy Sports. He's a former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans. And uh, we're taping this at 4.15 Pacific time on Thursday evening, 7.15 in the East. Art, um, very sad note today. Uh, James Kahn at 82 passed away. Now, to me, he was just a fantastic actor. Growing up, there were two movies that I'll never forget for different reasons. But way back in 1959, The Diary of Anne Frank on television on CBS, where Otto Frank, the only one of the Franks to make it out of Germany, actually uh, out of the Netherlands and then Germany, actually made it out and uh, uh, talked after the movie was over. That was a great television movie. To me, it's the only horror movie I've ever seen in my life, to tell you the truth. I consider it a horror movie. But then in 1971, Brian's song, where James Caan did a spectacular job. Again, a television movie. Artie, are there have been many better television movies than Brian's song? No, Brian Piccolo, the story of, of him and Gail Sayers. Uh, I remember I've watched it five or six times. I cried all every time I ever watched it. Uh, you know, I got to meet James Conn. My dad was good friends with Marlon Brando, and I got to meet him right after he did The Godfather. And boy, what an amazing character he was. I mean, you you would think that Sonny Corleone and The Godfather that he was playing these roles. That was James Conn. James Conn played James Conn, much like, you know, some of the great actors like, you know, Jimmy Cagney or John Wayne. They played themselves, essentially. They weren't going out on a deep end here. You know, you, you have to look at other actors like Nicholson, people like that who have that range. But uh, but James Conn was just an amazing American. We've lost two of my, uh, my Italian brethren now, with Ray Liotta passing away a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, Brian's song, to me, I put it in the top three of sports movies of all time, Fred. Well, that was before we could tape movies. So I actually had a night class that night in college. I didn't go to school. I actually stayed home to watch Brian's song. I had heard so many great things about it. And that's how important that movie you know what was. Else? You know what else, Fred? What I loved about that movie it showed the inside part of the NFL, which I still think hasn't really been exposed, that these are human beings. These are men that, you know, they're like anybody else. They have pains, they have wives, they have kids, they have lives away from the field. And, you know, another reason why, you know, another movie in that vein is Gary Cooper in the Pride of the Yankees. Very underrated movie. I mean, yeah, it's a little schmaltzy for our times, but, you know, him umpiring, the little game and the, you know, the Sandlot game with the kids, you know, those are, those are great stories. You know, make me cry right now thinking about it, <laughs> but yeah. Teresa, those, Teresa it's, it's Wright. A tough one. Teresa Wright, after I saw that movie, became one of my all time favorites as, as his uh, wife. I thought she was just unbelievably was, fantastic. Was Academy Award winning performance. And of course, you know, you had Walter Brennan who played the sports writer Classic movie. If anybody has never seen that movie and you're a young kid, you got to get that movie because uh, 
<laughs> Folks, we talk sports, business, sports, media right here on Believe and heard around the world on uh, Odd Clips. We'd love your emails at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. In the National Football League, let's see. Um, let's start in Las Vegas. What could Mark Davis do to help himself? What do you think that might have been? Or do you have any comments? You know, they had a lot of problems in the front office. They got rid of the president, Mr. Ventrell. They got rid of a lot of front office people. There's all kinds of suits going on, you know, alleging Daniel Snyder type of uh, shenanigans going on. So they went out and they hired a black woman president away from the NFL. She worked for the casinos and the gambling commission. Sandra Douglas Morgan, whose husband played for three years in the NFL, and she's going to take over that that uh, franchise as the first black woman president. Now, Carolina has Christy Coleman, who's a, who's a, a white woman. And, of course, there's two other blacks. You have the Washington Commanders, Jason Wright, and Sashi Brown of the Ravens. So they're doing what they can to try to, you know, get this diversity and inclusion situation. But I was looking at the Raiders' history. You know, they've got a lot of – they have a lot of history in this regard. Remember, they had Art Shell was the first black head coach back in the, in 95. And then Amy Trask was the CEO. And then, of course, Tom Flores was the first Hispanic coach to actually get a job. So well, maybe not the first Hispanic. I think Tom Fears was half Hispanic, but he was the first one to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, aside from all the things the Raiders have done over the years to ingratiate themselves <laughs> with everybody but Raider Nation, I guess the Davises, uh, they know how to soothe feathers in the NFL office by making the right moves. So should we or should we not be totally cynical? <sighs> How about 50-50 on that one, Fred? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great move. From what I hear, and I haven't had a chance to do a lot of research on it, she's well thought of. She worked for the MGM. Of course, so did the commissioner of the Pac-10, George Klivikov. But I don't know if that's such a good thing now. But, uh, hey, the world keeps turning, Fred. And I mean, I'm amazed at every stop. You know, it's just one thing after another, whether it's LIV versus the PGA Tour. You know, it's just like there's just one one big uh, maelstrom ready to happen right in front of our eyes. All right. You mentioned Daniel Snyder. Well, gosh forbid, he's willing to testify, not in person, but by uh, Zoom. Any comments about that to Congress? You know, I think the less he says, the better off he is. I mean, he's got his wife running the franchise now. I, I have done a lot of deep digging on that whole situation and what was going on with the uh, the Potomac uh, yacht rides and the cheerleaders and, and these, you know, quote unquote, uh, Giselle Maxwell type of parties they were having. I mean, it's like ridiculous, Fred. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to get involved in that entire situation. But if he says he's going to testify, more power to him because I'll tell you what. He, I just think he's a complete fool if he goes anywhere near that. Folks, you have any comments about uh, Al Davis, Mark Davis? Any comments about Daniel Snyder, the uh, Washington or whatever football club they're called? Now? Commanders, come on. <laughs> and of course, but as a matter of fact, we need some good commanders, friend. <laughs> and of course, the um, Cleveland Browns. 
They did it. They traded Baker Mayfield for a fourth or a fifth round conditional pick, depending on how well he plays. Let me state this. Um, Two years ago, if you were to say Baker Mayfield, you'd say the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Last year, of course, he played horribly. But how can we judge it one year versus the other? I honestly think Carolina may have made a positive decision for themselves. What do you think? I think they got a steal in that situation. I mean, they're they're basically only coming up with $3 million plus change out of their own pocket. Um, they had to give up nothing, essentially. I think a fifth-round pick next year or something of that nature. You know, the sad part of this whole situation is, what are they going to do? They got Sammy Darnold, <laughs> okay? And, you know, and Sam hasn't lived up to his billing. But then again, he hasn't been given the type of team that uh, that Baker had in Cleveland. So, I mean, I want to know if it's the front office that made this deal or if it was Rule who made the deal. Because if it's Rule, I think Sam Darnold has a chance to play. I think if the front office and the ownership, Colbert, if he made the move, then I think they're going to probably get rid of uh, Sam Darnold. And I heard some rumors out of Tampa Bay and also Seattle that Tampa Bay looks at Sam Darnold as a possible future star if they could put him with Brady for a year, maybe two years. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, if I was ever going to want to learn how to, you know, recreate my career, I think if I could hang around a guy like Tom Brady with the talent that are, that, uh, that Sam Darnold has, I think that would be a great move. I think he'd be very, very foolish going to Seattle because I don't think Pete's going to be there too long. Okay, you mentioned Seattle. That's intriguing. I don't think Pete Carroll lasts beyond a year now. I, 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 I thought the perfect quarterback for them might have been Mayfield. Now that's gone bye-bye. Uh, give me, again. Uh, well, Mayfield uh, had all, US- all the same kind of intangibles that Russell Wilson had. He can move a little bit. And I mean, you know, with those lookout blocks on the offensive line, they may be somebody who can move a little bit. I mean, Drew Locke and Geno Smith, if you're going to take your, you know, your 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 best girl to the rodeo with those two guys, uh, I'm looking at four or five, maybe six wins max on the season for Seattle. All right, let's go back to the Browns. Okay, so we got to presume that Watson's going to get an eight, 12 game suspension, something like that, which means who? Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback or? Who might be their quarterback? Jacoby Brissett, 16 and 24, as a starting quarterback in the NFL with uh, with New England, Indiana, Indianapolis. I mean, wow. How do you – and Joshua Dobbs also, the, the Steelers, they got him from the Steelers. He's the backup. But I would think somewhere along the line, if they're – you know, that's a talented team, Fred. Prior to all this coming down, had Deshaun Watson played this year, I would have said they'd be in the top five in Vegas for picks to go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, again, this is a quarterback-centric league, the NFL, and I don't – I mean, I, hey, nothing bad about Jacoby Percent. He's a good backup quarterback. But he's not going to take you to the promised land. In Cleveland, they want to get to the promised land. And, I mean, and I guess they knew that based on the contract signed by, by Deshaun Watson – which has very little money this year, backloaded. So he'll essentially, if he gets a 12-game or a full-year suspension, he'll essentially have missed two full seasons 
because he didn't play for the Texans the year before, although he did get paid. So that's another conundrum inside of Maelstrom. So you figure that one out. I, that's a rough one, Fred. Folks, uh, we talk more than uh, straight sports here. We talk about the political side of sports and economic side of sports. And every day, if you pick up USA Today or any other newspaper, another city is going back to the mask mandates, which means, of course, the Lakers are going to sign Kyrie Irving, which only makes sense. Now, tell me, now, now, now let's, let's be logical. Let's forget everything he's written in the past. Forget everything he said in the past. Let's forget the enemies he's made. Let's just talk about one thing. He won't get vaccinated. L.A. City last year was on a mask mandate for any indoor activity. We're going back to it. The numbers are going up again on COVID. So what is the logic? And I know Jeannie Buss isn't controlling anything, but she can say no at some point. What's the logic? That's my question. Who really is? That's, is it LeBron James? I mean, is, is he really, does he hold the purse strings? I mean, is it, is it the general manager who was the agent? I mean, I, they need some leadership. Much like this country needs leadership, they need some leadership. They need somebody to lead from, from the front instead of reacting to what, you know, hodgepodge it here, hodgepodge it there. I did hear that Shaquille's son and Scotty Pippen's son played real well in their initial game in the uh, the Las Vegas uh, NBA, whatever they call that, developmental league, I guess the kids have a lot of talent. You know, maybe maybe we'll have Shaquille O'Neal's son and Scotty Pippen's son of the Lakers. I, I mean, if they can play half as good as their old men, we're all right. <laughs> but, but let's go back. Why are they even yeah. thinking about Kyrie Irving when we know we're going to be hit with another – indoor mandate which means he's going to miss at least half the games so i'll even tell you when it's going to happen it's going to happen in early october just in time for the election (laughs) and it's not going to be wrong that they did it either but that's the way it's going to happen because that's when the virus is going it's already attacking the whole west coast china's getting shut down again you know for some reason this this the second and third variant the sub variants you know, they may not be killing many people, although there are people dying still around the world. Um, it's just, it, it's supposed to be something that like lingers, and then you can get it again three or four weeks later. So that's what scares me. I mean, you know, are we ever going to be clear of this COVID-19 situation? That's the question for me, Fred. And it's, it's hard to get transparent answers out of anybody you know, whether it's the CDC, the health organization. Let, let me let me ask you a question. If Jerry Buss were still alive, do you think this would be a possibility? Or do you think? No, if Jerry Buss was alive, he'd go, you know who he'd go get? <laughs> he'd go get his teammate from Brooklyn. Now, that's a real ball player. Although, you know, I don't know if they can, I don't know if you can, you could have those two on the same court with, uh, I don't know. That's a tough one, too. You know, you're almost in a situation where you do the best you can. You've got three players. Like I said a couple weeks ago on the show, maybe you take the young guys and you put them out there with Russell Westbrook. You take the veterans. You let, you know, you do like a hockey thing where they go for five minutes, take a break. They go for five minutes, take a break, and just keep going up tempo at them. Because I really believe if you let Westbrook do his thing and let him run down the court and feed and deal and wheel, 
You know, he's never been a great shooter. He's a good shooter. But I mean, he can he can get the get the rebounds. He's a triple double machine. I mean, maybe maybe that's what you do, Fred. You know, you cha- maybe maybe go to the old full on uh, Paul Westhead attack 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 on offense. Artie, before we go, I read an article that was written by uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, folks, you can say a lot of things about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, Highly intellectual, uh, but won't, you can't call him not very bright because he's very bright. He always has been very bright. He wrote an article about winning times. And folks, if you get a shot on Facebook or wherever else you can get it, read that article. And he's not protecting himself because he said, I've gone through enough in my life. He goes after the the writers uh, for going after Jerry West and and other people in such a way that it was slanderous or libelous or whatever you want to use it. But I mean, that was really unfair that the series you're talking about. On HBO, what they what they did to Jerry, and they didn't do a very good j- job of portraying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar either. Think, you know, I remember when the, there's a scene where he and Magic are in the trainer's room, and you know, and he he's like uh, Abdul-Jabbar is not fitting in with the team a little bit, and you know, he kind of calls out, he kind of calls out Magic, and Magic says, "Look, we're just here to win, Skip." You know, that's what he called him, or Cap, or whatever it was like that, and you know, and I think that's when. When Kareem Abdul-Jabbar realized that winning time, which is what the name of the thing is, is important. And it, you've got to have that camaraderie in the locker room. you got to have the other guys back. That's what's missing in sports and in life and in society now, Fred. They've, they've actually, you know, they've cut down the ability for people to really go out and meet other people and, you know, and, and have meaningful conversations. Everything's done on these stupid phones, handheld phones. I mean, you know, the ability to, to, to go somewhere and share a meaningful meal with somebody and, and talk with them. I mean, I remember going out with Tommy Lasorda for, you know, many times and my God, he held court for, for two and a half, three hours while the food kept coming, you know, and it was, but you learn so much about the man and the life and the, and, you know, the the zest he had for the game of baseball. And I look at baseball now, Fred, and, and you know, I, I, I found something out that I wanted to share with you. The game has changed completely. you got pitchers who are throwing almost 60%, 70% sliders now, and you're wondering why the kids are coming down with Tommy John throwing all these sliders. The slider used to be 10 12 15%. Now, you, you know, hardly anybody throws a fastball. Everybody's trying to throw a cutter, a seam, you know, a, a fork ball, all things that put incredible pressure on your ulnar nerve. And what happens? You're you're winding up with Tom, you know, Tommy John surgery. Art Source, one final comment uh, in today's version of Believe Sports Business, Sports Media. Hey, we got the 150th edition of the British Open next week. Golf's in turmoil. Baseball's in turmoil. The Yankees are going after the. The Mariners' record of 116 victories. They're playing the Red Sox as we speak right now. Dodgers are starting to come back. I don't know how they're doing it with all the injuries, Fred. But I will tell you this. It looks to me like it could be a Yankees-Dodgers World Series. I'm going out on the line here. Aren't I really picking a big one, Fred, a long shot? (laughs) And you said today, this week, I think the Dodgers were either three or four. Uh, The Yankees were one. I think Houston was two. I think the Mets were three. And I think the Dodgers were four. 
You're saying those it's are the good. four teams. Yeah, I just, I mean, for baseball, it could save baseball if you do have a great Yankees, even even a Mets Yankees or or Dodgers Yankees World Series. I think that would be great for the game of baseball. And God only knows, Rob Manfred needs something good to happen in baseball. Tomorrow, sports uh, overnight America around uh, the world and around the universe. Uh, Art, stay well. Mario, stay well. And uh, we'll see you next week right here on Believe Sports Business, Sports Media.